0: Hello and welcome to Let's Grow. This is the podcast series that aims to provide you with both clarity and reassurance when navigating your way through your careers and your life. Hosted and created by myself, Hannah Breyer. So thank you so much for coming back and tuning in for episode number four. I'm really excited to introduce you to my next guest, a gentleman named Tom Lofit. Now, Tom has over, and hopefully he won't mind me saying this, over 26 years experience working in the HR space. I know Tom from when he was a HR director at SAP. Tom has worked at companies such as Gap, Levi's, Cisco, PepsiCo as HR as a HR director, sorry, or a vice president for HR. and Tom is now currently the vice president for human resources at Fluke Reliability. Now, I absolutely love this conversation with Tom and I just wanted to start by saying a thank you to Tom again for opening up and talking about his journey to date and speaking about how it's been a massive journey, actually, especially at the start of his career Um, for Tom to be able to be able to be his authentic self. So I just wanted to say thank you for that, for opening up and sharing. Um, I was I've learned a lot from this particular episode, Tom, I won't ruin it because I want to let you listen to the podcast, but Tom actually has a really interesting analogy about authenticity and it's something to do with an iceberg. That's what I'm going to say. That doesn't sound that exciting, but trust me, it is. Um, and yeah, we spoke about all sorts of different things to do with authenticity. I think that one of the other interesting points that Tom made was that, and this is something I've learned is you actually, in my mind, I thought that being, you should be authentic all the time. And yes, you should be. But Tom also introduced me to, there's moments where you have to kind of tame things down with your audience as well as, you know, maybe dialing things up sometimes, but that doesn't mean that you're not being authentic. And I hadn't thought about it that way before. So anyway, I'm going to stop rabbiting on and I'm going to let you listen to the interview, but thank you so much again for Tom for coming on and being so open and transparent and yeah i hope you enjoy the show
1: hey tom
2: hello hannah
1: how are you doing
2: i'm well how are you today
1: i'm good thank you it's very hot um but i'm i'm okay (laughs)
2: good
1: um so yes thank you for coming on to the podcast show um my pleasure (laughs) <laughs> but Thanks you, for having me. No problem. If you could just give the audience just a bit of an introduction um, to yourself, that would be great. Sure. So
2: uh, my name is Tom Lofert. I am the Vice President of Human Resources for Fluke Reliability Services, which is a uh, hardware software services business, which is a part of a company called Fluke. Um, we do testing, measuring and censoring uh, Devices and pretty much everything on the planet. Fluke um, is uh, one of the largest divisions of a company called Fortive, which is based, both are based in the United States. Um, I had the privilege and pleasure of working with HANA when I was at SAP, uh, where I worked for six and a half years, um, where I was the uh, HRD for the United Kingdom and then uh, the HRD for SAP concurrent and MA and worked seemingly at half the Fortune 500 at this point, I was at GlaxoSmithKline for a period of time before coming to Fluke. Um, before that, I worked at Sheila Packard, um, Gap, Inc., Levi-Strauss Company, uh, Cisco Systems, and then the PepsiCo um, parent uh, group of companies. Uh, when I came out of graduate school, I'm originally from the United States, but uh, hopefully will be granted my British passport this summer when I apply this month. So... Uh, Yes, and I, uh, I'm very, very happy to call London my home.
1: Cool. Thank you. Thank You're you. You're welcome. So um, so I wanted to do uh, an episode on the topic of authenticity. And the first person that sprung to my mind is when I reached out to you yourself yourself. Um, <laughs> <laughs> reason for that is because I remember and this was when i was maybe even 21 22 it was when i was doing my internship and i remember you had um you were coming in as the new hr director and there was something about you coming in it was when you walked into the office and I, it's such a, like a, a funny word to describe it but i just thought you were really cool and you were really yourself and it was almost like a breath of fresh air <laughs> especially <laughs> in i guess any corporate world but yeah, and it wasn't until I started thinking about obviously doing, um, you know, this podcast of recently, but yeah, when I think of the word authentic and authenticity, I do think of of you. Um, <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's cool. And it's not only like when you kind of walked into the office and everything like that, but even like small things around, and this is just, maybe this sounds mad, but Things around like your dress sense and how you adjust yourself, basically. And mm. that, I think it was really, really refreshing. And I know that a lot of people um, at SAP really liked that. It was. Uh,
2: you mean when I used to go strutting down the halls of SAP in my white suit?
1: <laughs> yes. No, I think it was great. I loved it.
2: You mentioned um, can pull a white suit. I am fortunately one of them. Um, because the, the, man, the man or the woman should wear the clothes. They should not wear them. So there you go. <laughs>
1: Oh, God. A little fashion
2: advice for your listeners on top of a discussion on authenticity.
1: Oh, there we go. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yes, no, but thank you for, for coming along. And yeah, I mean, I've got a whole range of questions. Probably can't can't get get through them all, but. Um, I think it would be interesting to discuss. I mean, if we take that example for myself, which this is going back like six or so years, and that that first impression that I got from yourself, and obviously you yeah. worked within um, the same area for a good couple of years and in, in the same company, like, have that level of confidence and authenticity? Has that has that been a, a journey, or has it been something that you <laughs> were born into? <laughs>
2: I mean, I would, I would love to say that it's, uh, no, it was something I was ultimately born into. I mean, listen, I think that, um, if I reflect on my career, which began 25 years ago this week, um, so funny enough, we're doing this, 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 uh, today, um, you know, the world was a very different place. I think that back when I began, um, you know, you had very much a work persona and you had your life and never the two really ever met, right? And that you very much, there was a differentiation, right? I think also factoring in um, the fact that I, you know, I am a, a very out and proud LGBT leader. I think going back 25 years in the corporate world, certainly it is, diversity and inclusion was a very different topic. And these two things are very much tied together, which is we talk about my journey a bit, um, we'll kind of get to why I'm, I'm referring to this now, but I would say, yeah, it has certainly been a journey. Was I born with a certain level of sense of who I was? Sure. Have I always had, I guess, seemingly years, even before I went to work, I guess, a strong persona probably, um, As I've gotten, shall we say, more mature, as I have become more confident, both in who I am as a person and as an individual, but more confident in my career and what I'm capable of doing and inspiring others to do. Um, Yeah, of course, it's been a journey. You know, I I think I said this to to you all when I was at SAP, I was more terrified of being judged for being American than I was ever judged for being a, a gay man. Right. Which at that time in the world, when I came to work at SDP, let's not forget that, uh, you know, 18 months after my arrival, you know, that man was elected to be president. So it was a very interesting time to be American in the world, certainly. And um, but that so it it, that part of my journey freed me in a way. Right. So I think, yeah, it's been it's been a combination of there are certain things I possess as a person. Um, And then a lot of it has been choices i made and about just frankly recognizing and understanding that you will only ever be great at what you choose to do in your life or your career if you fully embrace who and what you are however you define that right and that ultimately that is how you have a life in a career that is both fulfilled and fulfilling but more importantly how you inspire others to greatness right and i think that that's a that is a shift, you know, from when I began my career 25 years ago. I think that there is very little, I mean, in our, I mean, everywhere in our life, I mean, um, you know, there's, there's so little differentiation. Mm -hmm. There's so little privacy. Um, And part of authenticity, I think, is becoming letting down some of those walls, right? Because that's what people I think want to see. And that's what they respond to.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think something that you said there, which was, if we go back to say when you first started your career, um, there was almost, there was like, you had two personalities in mm-hmm. so You were going in the office and that must be quite exhausting.
2: I mean, it was, I mean, well, I mean, I'm a Gemini, so I mean, you know that, I mean, it's like, you know, so for me having two personalities, it's always been, you know, <laughs> fairly easy. <laughs> and that's actually what I attribute a lot of my success to is we have been born in June, but, um, No, in all seriousness. Yeah. I mean, I think about, you know, and and it's hard for me to have this conversation without referencing the journey I made and who I became. Right. And and yeah, it was exhausting to have to sort of keep a part of your life hidden away. Right. And and um, to actually be consciously thinking about that. Right. And, you know, as I've said to others um, who have had the privilege to either work for me or to mentor, you know, the amount of energy and effort that we were spending on keeping ourselves hidden away, our competitors are going and getting the jobs we want. Like they're not thinking about hiding anything away. Right. Now, I think you also have to think about authenticity and having just been through our leadership conference here at Fluke last week. um, We had someone who came in and talked around there's so much, I loved it. Below the line. So if you think about an iceberg, right. So go back to the Titanic. Um, I love that I'm sitting here talking with my near my hands and your listeners can't see that, but uh, as Hannah will attest, I, I talk with my hands a lot. And no, I'm not Italian. But um, there's the iceberg and there's the you know, when the Titanic hit the iceberg, it wasn't so much it was above the line of the waterline. It was what was below the waterline that did it in. And there's this amazing diagram that she shared that shows so much of the stuff that makes up who we are that we don't think of. We think about the visible things, right? Mm-hmm. You're, you're a woman, I'm a man. Uh, you're English, I'm American. Um, I'm a bit older than you are, (laughs) you know, I mean, it's the obvious things, you know, that, that we look at and say, okay, that's the difference, but there's so many things under the waterline that define who we are. Mm -hmm. And I think the whole point of what authenticity is, is to not feel that you have to hide anything under the waterline. Right. And um, because when you do that, it's exhausting. You're right. It's, it's, it is a, it's so much mental effort and emotional effort and energy that you put forth into that and um the minute you can stop doing that it just frees you to focus your your mental and emotional energy in a far different place
1: yeah yeah I think um and it's it's interesting because I mean I I don't think it is I think it might have been perhaps if we go back in you know back in time (laughs) um, maybe it was but for everybody going into even just the corporate world or whatever, I think maybe it was worse is the correct word, but I'd be lying if I said that when I started um, my career at at SAP, if I just walked in and I was hundred percent Hannah, I I wasn't, I was definitely doing something, maybe not, you know, to the not to the extreme of pretending that I was somebody else, but I think there's, there's, there was an element of it. And I think it's, um, Yeah, I mean I've only experienced a tiny bit. And I think that was just that was just out of fear of perhaps doing something wrong or not looking like in a certain way to be in the corporate world or something like that. Well, I think
2: it's, you know, because I have this internal dialogue with myself a lot, which is one has to adopt a persona to be successful. Right. And that and that doesn't mean you become something you aren't, and it doesn't mean you try to be something you aren't. But there there is a certain role I play in the company that I work for. There is a certain role you play in the company that you work for, right? And so for you to engage with customers, there are certain attributes that you possess that you minimize, right? Because it it diminishes your impact, right? So if I think about myself and where I am in my career, you know, you don't get this far without knowing exactly who you are and what you are and, you know, both your strengths as well as the things that, frankly, you've been trying to work on for, you know, in my case, a very long time and you just learn to minimize or hopefully you understand the things that trigger them. And of course there's a percentage that one plays and, and and you have to recognize that. And that doesn't mean you become, and you know, I think back to the beginning of my career and I would look up at these people who were, you know, CEOs or this, you know, who were sitting in the chief HR officer or the CFR people I, you know, people I supported and worked with. And I thought, God, they're just so serious. Like everyone just seems so <laughs> serious. Well, yes work is a serious business business is a serious business and uh, you know there there's a time when you must recognize um and someone that we both used to work with actually uh who she and I just recently had this conversation uh who worked in marketing who was going is debating do I, do I go for CMO CMO roles or not and i said listen the feedback you've got around your impact now is around like Boards, it's around Wall Street, it's around a different audience, and your audience expects a certain level of performance. And that doesn't mean it's inauthentic, right? So, and I always give the analogy you know, and Meryl Streep, as you know, who I have a mild obsession with, uh, gives a performance. She's not being authentic mm-hmm. but she knows she's giving a performance. Do you know what I'm saying? She becomes that character. And that's part of what we have to think about the difference between authenticity and the difference between being what you are at work is at the end of the day, I diminish my impact by choosing to not, or I will diminish my impact if I love certain attributes of who I am. To overwhelm that, right? And my passion and my energy are two of my greatest attributes. I fully am aware that that passion and energy can, frankly, be like a tidal wave coming over people, as you yourself have seen and witnessed uh, when we worked together. I mean, you know, it's one of the reasons people love me. It's one of the reasons they want to work for me. It's one of the reasons they would work with me. But it can also be in the wrong audience, overwhelming, right? So that's what I mean. It's about that. Doesn't make me any less energetic or passionate. It just means I understand the persona I have to adopt in that given moment. moment, And it doesn't make me inauthentic in doing it. And I get that took me, that took me a long time to get to, because in my mind, performing and being something you wore took me back to my childhood and to my teenage years. And I was never going to do that again. I wasn't going to be something I wasn't right. And, um, and I guess that's where you asked the question, was it a journey or did I wake up this way? It's it's hard to answer that question because I it's your journey frees you, I guess, is what it, your journey hopefully allows you to become the person you're destined to be and you're in shape to influence them by the people in your life and the environment you're in. And, um, you know, the whole concept of psychological safety now at work is more talked about than it ever had. I mean, no one talked about psychological safety when I was coming up at work. Yeah. I mean, you, you know, you just did it a certain way, you know, my, my, you know, I remember my first promotion, I was promoted after 14 or 15. I mean, first of all, I had to move to Texas. So you can imagine me moving to Texas. We're like, yeah, okay. Oh. Nothing personal to anyone listening from Texas or uh, living in Texas, but, um, and you didn't question it. And then you get promoted and you're moving back to Michigan. You, you just didn't question it. You just did it. Right. And, and, um, it is a different world in a, in a good way. You know, I think that, that the idea of being, having more choice in who we are and what we are and how that articulates itself is part of what makes work more gratifying because there's a lot of work in work in our day-to-day job that sometimes isn't gratifying. <laughs> I mean, you know, for us to say, say every minute of the day at work is fantastic while well, we're all diluting ourselves. Right. But I think, the ability to be oneself and to bring the full weight of yourself and your humanity to work is what makes it fulfilling,
1: Mm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I think it's, and it's really important as well. I mean, hearing that and your, your journey as well, I think it's so important for people to be able to, for everybody to get to that point, because as we were just saying, like it must be, well, I'm sure there are people listening or, you know, other people out there that they they almost feel that they they can't be themselves. And one example of that is, I was speaking to friends about this, is in the corporate yeah. world, um, and this is just our kind of perception, but there's almost this, you have to be an extrovert. You have to be very, you know, yeah, an extrovert basically. Yeah. And for those people that aren't, they almost, you know, well, I mean, I'm just, I'm thinking as i'm speaking here but i think that they would then feel like they then can't be their authentic self they just can't be themselves in this you know in a meeting situation or whatever it is and that must also be really not enjoyable and also well, but th- like, this is
2: that, that that's a tough one because i think you're right i think there is a element uh but here's here's then the responsibility of leaders. Hmm. Is to then draw, create, it's, so this is the definition of inclusion. How do you create space within a given meeting to bring the people in who you know to be extro, to introverted, right? How do you create it space for them to actually participate in a way, and there are ways you do that. You you solicit feedback, you know, you ask, you send out questions, you have proper agenda, you know, you ask, you ask them to contribute because they may not necessarily do that. And I think that's, but also being conscious and cognizant of just because the person running their mouth at the head of the table does not have the, you know, it's knowing they don't have the answer. They don't probably have the right answer. Their job is to seek out the right answer through bringing out others. Right. And I think about, you know, you talk about, inter- you know, I, I hated the sound of my voice. Like I hated it, hated it my whole life. And, uh, there was a moment I saw, I, you've seen me perform in front of groups of people where I've gotten Mm -hmm. up and seemingly it's, you know, I have no problem standing up on a stage and owning it. Right. Mm -hmm. What took me to do that was this could be a weird story for your listeners, but, uh, it's part of the journey. Uh, my mother died when she was 52 and I was 32. I went back for her funeral. Uh, I had not prepared to say anything and I stood up on a whim and just spoke. I never fear the sound of my voice after that again. Like I was, I never it never scared me to do it, you know. And I don't know why. Because something about when you said the introvert, you have that the you you've got to. It's a combination of getting to a point in your life when you're comfortable with who you are. Yeah, how you define that. Events in your life allow you to become more comfortable, but people around you have to bring that out. And I go back to also a point I'll make around. It was so important for me to have people like myself who I can look up to in an organization and see whether that was from, they were, um, whether they were LGBT leaders, which in the case I've worked for two extraordinary ones, one of whom you know, um, or whether that was people who were just like me. I think about, a, you know, Pam Wallach, who I worked with at Gap Inc, who unfortunately just passed away in December at 61, and was one of the most, most impactful people I've ever worked with in my career. And we were so alike both Gemini's Gemini's and I respond, but uh, both Gemini's both came from small towns. She was from Ohio, I was from New York. There were just things in our life that bound us. And, um, it's so important to have people who believe in you. And it's so important to see people who are like you under the surface. I mean, again, going back to the idea of an iceberg, you know, things are not, you know, we look at the visible, right. And, um, and, you know, I think about someone who worked for me at my, in my last company at GSK, who is a, you know, you know, she happens to be an African-American female. There are so many things you start, again, go beyond the surface that that where we are alike and how we think, you know what I'm saying? And that's the whole point of creating a space for authenticity is that um, the more you feel comfortable to talk about who you are. Yeah. the better that people will understand. And then that is the whole concept of empathy, right? So this is where the whole idea of having a high degree of emotional intelligence becomes so important and creating your authentic self is you have to you have to do that for yourself and you have to do that for others. And you've got to create that space. So kind of going back to where you started, it's, it's creating the space for people who are less vocal, not that they are less opinionated. They just express those opinions in a very different way, right? They process information differently. Um, They feel comfort in doing that in a different way. And that's what a great leader recognizes. It's their responsibility to allow that to happen. It is not the person in the room, in my view, sitting there that has to become the extrovert.
1: Yeah.
2: like Because that's not going to happen. Now, in fairness, do you have to become a bit more vocal? Of course, you have to become a bit more vocal. But that being said, you should not... you know, pretend that you're, you're, you know, cause you're fundamentally is about where you get your energy source from. Introverts get it kind of primarily from the inner, the inner extroverts get their energy from the outer. Yeah. Right. So I think it's understanding that. And there are people that I know and you know, who you would think are extroverted people and absolutely are not. They've just learned that behavior over time, partly because they've had to, you know, mm-hmm. but it's not fundamentally who they are.
1: Yeah. That's an interesting point. Okay. No, that's that's really interesting. Um, And I think just as I, I said, I've got a list of questions. I'm just trying to pick a couple. But yeah. uh, so you, so now you're X amount of years into your, well, 25 years now. You said into right. 20, <laughs> yeah,
2: 26. 26. years, tw- yeah, 26. Sorry. Okay,
1: 26. into your into your career. Um, and I mean, on like obviously, as time's gone on, well, not obviously, but and you've grown and developed and become more confident as a person, as we hope that we all can. Yeah. Has there been any kind of bumps in the road or times where you feel like you, you know, later in life where you, you've actually felt like you haven't been able to be yourself and you've almost felt like you're cut, not going backwards, but you know, having a moment of you're not able
2: Oh yeah. I mean, I, I, my, my last company, I'm sure nameless. may name this. um, <laughs> without question, I felt like I couldn't be, I mean, I, I, there were elements around why I was not successful there that were more about culture. Right. So I, I would not. So if I reflect on my experience prior to that at SAP, um, I never felt I had to be someone I wasn't in SAP, you know what I mean? And um, on any level, Without question, the last company I worked for, I felt that I ran into a, a number of things hit at once. Okay. Like you, you know, you recognize you're burned out. You recognize that you're in a culture that isn't right for you. It, that's so intrinsically different from how you operate and think. Um, you deal with a global pandemic. You turn 50 years old. I mean, you know, all these things happen at once. Those people survive one of them. Okay. I had to kind of go through all four or five at once. And um yeah, I mean, that was an instance where I've, I've reflected on what didn't work there, but I have not overanalyzed it. And I've walked away learning the lessons I needed to, and hopefully not repeating them in the current role that I am now in, in the current organization. I'm in. And without question, I feel like I am in an environment where I can fully be who I am and my authentic self, but I've learned some lessons around impact and persona that are important for me to understand as well, right? Um but yeah, of course you have instances where you feel like it's like, it's just like, it's like, a, you know, it's the analogy I use. It's like, you know, it's like you go into a store and you, you know, you walk into Selfridges and you try on like, you know, you really want to fit into that, like, you know, Burberry soup, but you're like, no, I'm really more of an Armani person. And you're just trying to wear something that, you know, doesn't fit, but you can get into it and you get it tailored and it kind of works. But, um, but, uh, yeah that's what that's what it feels like you're wearing something that just doesn't it's wearing you you're not wearing it back to the kind of the analogy i made at the beginning about you know or the comment i made um yeah that's that's where you know something is fundamentally off um pauses for one second there's someone knocking at my door it might be okay Okay, we're
1: back (laughs) um okay so um I guess for the listeners, what would be your piece of, I mean, this is a huge question, but if you could give one piece of advice to, I guess, your younger self at the start of your career. Oh God. What, <laughs> it's going to be that question. What would it be?
2: Believe in yourself. Be the person that others see. Like that, that would be that's what I would tell my younger self, you know, I be the person that others see and, uh, and be kinder to yourself. You know, that is, that is something that I still, uh, struggle with, you know, the unrelating weight of expectations that I put upon myself and, you know, having just been through a process where I was, you know, vetted for a role, you know, to hear the feedback that my references, both the ones I gave, as well as the ones that the search from back channeled, uh, that's the person I am that's the person I became you know and that's the person I need to believe and know that I am and so that would be the advice I would give to to my younger self is just be him. yeah you know just don't you know believe that that is who you are you know what I mean and I, that's um because there are a lot of things in life that will make you not necessarily believe who you are you know and will make you doubt and question yourself that will get you that will um Really challenge you to just not, you know, give up and give in to sort of the things that we all carry through our life. And so, I think for me, that would be the one thing is, you know, just believe in yourself. If it sounds rote um, and uh, mildly too Californian, but considering I spent 14 years there, I guess it rubbed off. It's that, you know, just you know, b- believe in who you are and don't let anyone ever tell you. That you can't become whatever you want to be. That's also you know a bit of a cliche, but it's true. You know, it's um, particularly for people who, however, they define their differences. You know, it's not easy. It's 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 hard work. You know, it's hard work both becoming who you want to be and accepting who you are, and also um, finding an environment where you can be that best self. You know, I think that's the key too. Is that don't also when it doesn't like. I could have beat myself up. I had two experiences. When I went to work at Levi's, I, that was now getting very long ago, but you know, I knew somewhere it was the wrong culture. I approached that in the wrong way. And you know what? That's why I ended up being, you know, when we did a restructuring, I was out, you know, but I went into seven years, seven of the best years of my career working at Gap. And then, you know, I could say the same thing about GSK. I could have sat there and beat myself up and sat here in my flat and been to all those things, which, you know, I did went through a period of that on my sabbatical, but or I can step away and go, at the end of the day, you were not at your best. Take the eight months you needed and recharge yourself, but also recognize that that culture was never going to allow you to be your best. Yeah. And so, um, and leave as much of that behind, stepping into this new this new organization I'm in and this new role um, and not beating myself up for not having made it work. It was the best thing that happened to me, you know? Yeah. So.
1: Okay. No, that's great. Thank you. So we could speak all day, but unfortunately, we will have oh, to yeah. put, put a pause to it or an end to it. But we can always do another episode. But um, no, thank you so much, and thank you for sharing. And um, yeah, thank you so much. Oh, it's my
2: it's, it's my pleasure. I am uh, I am forever proud of you.
0: So thank you for listening to that episode. I've got no doubt that you've listened, and it's made you. Feel happy. <laughs> I hope it's made you feel happy. I hope that hearing Tom's story has perhaps given you like some confidence if you have been in a situation had a time in your life where you've also felt that you couldn't be your authentic self. And it's nice to know that it, it's a journey. You know, we're not all born with this confidence and we're not all born to be able to be who we are. Um, sorry, I've got a car driving past in the background. Um so yeah, I, I, really, I really think that it's, it was an eye opening conversation for me. Um, and there was just something else that I just wanted to, to re-highlight for you guys, which was, I thought it was really interesting when Tom was saying around, I think I brought something up about introverts and extroverts. And I think in, I'm just using the corporate workplace as an example, but I'm sure this goes for other, um, jobs that are out there as well. Um, but there is this kind of perception that you do need to be an extrovert in order to be heard, be seen, and then make your way up into the, the company or whatever you want to do, or to get your ideas heard or seen. But in actual fact, you know, you don't. And, and Tom made a really good example that that's actually managers and leaders' responsibilities to make that not the case. You know, they they need to be the ones that are looking for how they can actually pull out the introverts and where they can use the extroverts. And, yeah, again, maybe I just hadn't thought about it in that way before. So yeah, and of course, Tom, I think I asked him the question on, you know, what could you say to your younger self? I love asking people these questions. And he was saying, you know, believe in what you can do and be the people that other people see and also be kinder to yourself. And I think we can probably all take that piece of advice on. So anyway, I, hope you enjoyed the show please pass it on to people that you feel like it would be good for them to to listen and yeah thank you very much for tuning in